Hi, I'm Scott Patton. I just want to thank you for watching our online service today. My goal is to give you an expeditionary journey through God's Word, through expository preaching. And when you get one of our sermons here, we're going to preach uh, based on the Holy Spirit of God's inspired words, the good, the bad, the ugly. Some things you might like and the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you and some things he's probably going to convict you on. Nonetheless, we're honored that you watch us today. God bless you and go bold. Amen. We're going to pick up where we left off last week and I, I want to everybody to know, as you recall, Paul took 12 disciples from Ephesus, okay? Not the 12 disciples that you're familiar with, but these are 12 disciples from Ephesus. Now, I want you guys to remember that when we, when we talk about this and, and, um, and, and these 12 disciples from Ephesus, they claim to be followers of Jesus, but you remember they did not have the Holy Spirit of God in them. Kind of a big deal to Paul, and it's amazing how Paul will point this out and how he'll understand this. And so do you remember uh, that they claimed to be disciples of Jesus, but they did not have the Holy Spirit of God in them? Now, Paul shared the gospel with them. He witnessed to them, and the Holy Spirit of God came upon them, and then they were, they were saved, and they had the Holy Spirit. And then from that time on, these men started going bold. Now, as you recall, Ephesus is not the, the, the greatest place in the world to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm just saying. Ephesus uh, uh, was an absolute dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire of sex, of drugs, of false prophets. They worshipped everything. They had a bunch of uh, uh, witchcrafts, a bunch of sorcerers. Then uh, just really plain and simple, just a whole bunch of tomfoolery. Okay? Now, so Paul kind of, he's, he's alone and unafraid, and he takes these 12 men, and he, man, they start sharing the gospel. They go, they're going into places that, that, that no man has gone before uh, with the gospel. And so what happened was, then at that time, I'm just kind of giving you an overview, what that happened then is a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these Ephesians started throwing rocks at Paul and these disciples, literally. They were beating them up, harassing them. So Paul decided, as you recall in, verse, in chapter 19, he took them to a school in Ephesus. And kinda, they hunkered down there for about two years. And from that time, Paul just started training them really to be Jedis for Jesus. I mean, he went through everything, and he, he, was, he was teaching these guys the word and teaching these guys the gospel. And so these guys really just took time, took time, in this world, just to set back, and even though the world's throwing rocks at him, he's, and Paul just said, okay, we, we got to get ready for the fight. i got to train you guys. i got to train you guys. And sometimes, guys, we got to do that in our life. Sometimes we got to step back, and yeah, me included, okay, because I'm the world worse at this. Sometimes we got to step back from the fight and just take a deep breath and just really get in God's Word, really get in prayer. And that's basically what Paul was doing with these 12 men, okay, and this school, all right? Because he knows uh, this, this is so important that they understand that they understand who has the Holy Spirit of God. Because here's the thing. You remember what Paul asked these guys when he first started? Did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they didn't. Paul knew it was going to be so significant. And, and I will just tell you guys, I'll just tell you guys, 
Without the Holy Spirit of God, you cannot take on Satan and his demons. And Paul knew that he was going to take these 12 men. They just can't be claiming to be disciples of Jesus. They've got to be the real deal. They can't be these fake pastors. They can't be these faux pastors. They can't be these people that talk about false gospels. Paul knows that they need the Holy Spirit of God is where they're at. And he says, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit of God, without the Holy Spirit of God, Satan will chew you up and he will spit you out. He will spit out your children. He will spit out your grandchildren. He will spit out your family. And if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit as a saved person, if you don't have the Holy Spirit residing in you, you have no chance. None. Paul knew this, and he knew uh, that the same Holy Spirit of God that led Jesus up into where? Remember when he went to the wilderness and the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4. Okay, he led them there. All right. And Paul knew, I'm going to be taking these 12 guys and I'm going to be in Ephesus where there's all kinds of evil, all kinds of tomfoolery. And these guys have got to have the power of the Holy Spirit of God with me. Let me just say, when you have a culture that is upside down and heresy and evil and sexual perversion and homosexuality and bestiality and pedophilia and adultery kind of sounds Ephesians kind of sounds like another place that we know of right and this is why it's so important that you have the Holy Spirit and the title of our sermon today is the devil knows and you're going to see today why I'm, I'm taking this, this, breaking this down expositorily. Because the devil, he knows who's got the Holy Spirit in or her and who doesn't. And you're going to see this loud and clear today. This is going to jump out. You're going to see the Bible come alive today. And that's my hope. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you and I praise you and I hallow your name. I thank you so much for the scripture that, that uh, you put on my heart to share with the men at the Bible study. Uh, probably about three weeks ago, and I told them we, we, we had such a good discussion about it that I was going to pray over this and make this into a sermon. And, Father, I'm just going to ask you if you could remove all distractions right now. And for the next few minutes, next few minutes, let's let the Bible come alive. Let's let your word come alive. And, Father, I just want you to make sure uh, that, that everybody in here knows they're not getting a word from, from Scott. They're getting a word from God. And if they, they walk out of this church today and they feel good about this message, it's all about you. And if they feel bad about this message, that's the Holy Spirit convicted them, not Scott. I don't have that power. But, Father, I just pray. I just pray that you would let this, these scriptures come alive today. I would let them uh, dwell upon our hearts with them. And we, we praise your name. And all God's people said what? Amen. All right. So I want you to take your Bible. And go to Acts chapter 19. We're going to be back at 19. But we're going to focus today on uh, verses 11 through 20. So we're going to start with verse 11 and 12, as you see there on the screen. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Uh, here's what I want you to understand very clearly. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. So Paul and his merry uh, band of disciples are in Ephesus. And like I was saying, they are just going bold. Now, I will tell you guys, and you're going to see this here in the Scripture that we're fixing to read, Paul, is, his, he's out there doing miracles uh, on a historic and epic proportion, okay, that hadn't been seen in some time, okay? This is how powerful the Holy Spirit's working in Paul right now, all right? So I want you to understand that. So let's look at verse uh, 11 here. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. 
Okay, so just take that back. And I want everybody to say with me, unusual miracles. Go ahead and say that. I want, you to, I want you to keep that in the back of your mind for the rest of the sermon. Now, some of your texts in the NIV or maybe an NASB, uh, I know we're in the New King James Version, some of it may say special miracles, okay? Because this is going to be very, very significant. Because right now what's happening, Paul is so filled with the Holy Spirit, and these men that are with him are so filled with the Holy Spirit, they are turning Ephesus, a culture of corruption. You guys know what it is. They are turning this whole culture upside down on its head. And people are like, wow. They just can't, they can't believe the things that are happening. So I stopped right there at unusual miracles in the hands of Paul. Verse 12 says, so much that even handkerchiefs or aprons who were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left him, and this is very important here, this is very important here, and the evil spirits went out of them. So this, what this verse is saying is, there is so much power of the Holy Spirit that's residing in Paul. He's taking out his, his handkerchief that he's blowing his nose with, and he's passing around the congregation, and this handkerchief's got so much power in it because the Holy Spirit is so powerful in Paul that they are healing people, all right? They're healing people, and they're also uh, exercising demons out of these people that are all into witchcraft and sorceries and all this other kind of nonsense, Okay, now, if you look at the, when I started studying this, I went back here and really looked at this, what this unusual miracles is, or, or special miracles. I went to a place called Weisberg's uh, uh, Commentary. And in the commentary, it says that only a few times in big, biblical history were there this amount of miracles in one time of what Paul was doing in his ministry in Ephesus, except for three other times. One of them was when, obviously, when Jesus was... Uh, First started his ministry in that first year. Remember, he turned water into wine and all the things that Jesus did that first year in his ministry. Okay, now you also recall uh, Moses. Uh, that was another time that they pointed out in the, the Weisberg Commentary that Moses was departing the Red Sea. You remember, he took all of, he walked into Pharaoh's court and said, let my people go. And you saw that. And the third time was Elijah and Elisha's miracles that you saw back in the Old Testament. Because here's the thing. There's only a few times in biblical history did they ever have these types of miracles at this epic proportion, okay? And this is when a world is getting turned upside down. But I want you to keep now, why does God perform miracles? Well, I just told you about one of them this morning with my little, uh, my sister's, uh, my little niece, Sophie. That was a miracle. A lot of times we don't see them, okay? But one of the things that, 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 uh, that God does to teach miracles is to teach spiritual truth. Okay, that's, that's the first one. The second one he does, uh, the reason he does miracles is to show healing. We have seen that in this church. We have seen, uh, we've seen when we pray over people uh, where, where, where God will, will perform miracles. And I'll tell you, you guys, you know, we don't know how many times that we see miracles. Because we just see the bad. We just see the times, that, uh, many times uh, when our prayers maybe you don't think aren't answered. But in actuality, they are. So the second purpose was to, for, to, to heal bodies. And you see that with the, with the, um, uh, with the to, to heal the bodies um, of, 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 of the sickness and disease, okay? Now, here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. 
he does that to heal so he can show his compassion and he can show his love through healing and he can get rid of diseases. But I want you to look, I want you to look uh, at the other one part of this, okay? Diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. This is very important. Je- or, or, the Jesus does this, and, it's, and the power of the Holy Spirit does this. And why, why do you see Paul and his disciples, okay, uh, 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 pushing demons out of people? It's because God wants everybody to know that he is God. He is God. He is the sovereign God. He is the most powerful being in the entire universe. And nobody, nobody, not one human being can go out there and play God. Now, we have a lot of people today that are trying to play God. We have some pastors that are trying to play God. And you see all these, these fake news pastors out there. I'm really getting sick of them. I'll just tell you that right now. And I call them out. You're going to see a podcast. I'm calling out a bunch of them uh, here this next week that Caleb and I taped yesterday. Okay? Because here's the thing. There's only one person that gets to play God, and that's God himself. Because here's the thing. God is telling the world uh, with this, these miracles that Paul is doing right now, he's telling the world the devil and his demons, they may look on the outside that they're all that. They may look and they act strong and they may look strong to us, okay? But God is going to kick their teeth in and the demons don't want any part of them. If you believe that, shout amen. Okay? That's, that's the honest to God truth. The demons still flee in the name of Jesus, now, I want you to go to verse 13. Then some of the errant Jewish exorcists. You see that right there? Errant Jewish exorcists. Okay? These guys, they took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, check this out, wait for it, we exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Okay, so let's back up here. I did some research on the, who these inter-Jewish exorcists are, okay? First of all, you're probably wondering who they are. They are like the evangelical elites that you see today. That's who they are. They walk around with their $10,000 suits on, their $500 breath mints in their mouth, okay? They're nice little shiny shoes. They're really cool sunglasses, and they want crowds. They want, the, they want the, the service to be all about them. They want everybody to see, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing, okay? So if you think that this, these things are just unique for today's culture, they're not, because they were happening back in Paul's time, too. Just like you see the, the fake news nonsense. You see some of these pastors on YouTube and, and Facebook, and, and they've they got these, the, all these, these, these popular guys, and they're just peak, speaking one message, okay? And they come out there, and they're, they're putting on a show, and they're going to tell everybody, hey, we're going to come pull these evil spirits out of them. These guys are making money uh, hand over fist, too. Okay, these Jewish exorcists, they're coming out in these towns and they're, they're trying to use this black magic trick on these people. And they're going to go out there and they're going to use magic and they think they're going to push demons out of people. Now, I want you to think about this. They exercise you. You hear what they said? They exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Really? Okay, we're going to exercise because here's what's happening. Okay, Paul and his disciples, man, they're going bold. Remember? Remember? He, he's, he's taking out his Kleenexes. He's throwing it on people, and evil spirits are just running. 
they're, 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 they're fleeing because Paul's out there going bold in the name of Jesus because he has the power of the Holy Spirit of God. All right? These exorcist guys, they don't have any of that. They're not saved. They couldn't lead a group of Girl Scouts across the street. They couldn't even witness somebody to save their life. So they don't have any part of Jesus. They don't have any part of the Holy Spirit. But they're out there. They're telling people, we're going to exercise you uh, uh, in the name of Jesus. So these cool cats who aren't Christians, they're putting on a show for the crowd. Just to give you some background here, and you're going to see this here in a second. They're a big crowd of people. They're, they're lining up all over this house because there's an evil, crazy guy in this house. He's lost his mind. So here's what happens. These big <laughs> Jewish exorcists, they pull up in their limousines and their suits, and they're, they're strutting around there in front of the crowd and say, come look at us, come look at us. They're, they're asking for donations, okay? They're, they're handing out their cards, okay? They're, 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 they're figuring out ways that they can get money, okay? And, and these guys were false preachers, and they have no trace of the Holy Spirit, and they have the sheer audacity to invoke the name of Jesus when they're going to go out there and they're going to tell these evil spirits to leave in the name of Jesus. And you know what I tell them? Mock God at your own peril. Mock my God at your own peril. And that's what I'm going to tell these pastors today. Mock God at your own peril because you're seeing false prophet after false prophet after false prophet. You see it today? You saw it 3,000 years ago. I want you to go to verse 14. So you're setting the conditions now. And so also there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. Okay, so these Jewish exorcist guys, there were seven of them total plus a chief of priests. Okay. All right, you see that in verse 14. So there's eight of these clowns total. All right, they got their breath mess, their, their $3,000 suits, and then they're just, they're, they're walking in this place. They're going to, man, they're going to start, and they're telling, they're telling this guy in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, get out of here, evil spirit. They're thinking they're all that. They're going to go home, and they're going to use that name. They're going to get all these cash buckets here. They're going to get back in their limousine. They're going to tweet about it. They're going to think they're all cool. All right, this is what these guys are doing. Now, I want you to look at here. So, in essence, verse 14 is saying there are seven of these clowns plus a chief priest, eight total men, okay, walking around trying to be cool. All right, now I want you to go to verse 15, and you're going to understand this is one of the kind of verses I think you need to mark. I think you need to tell the story to your kids. You need to highlight. Let's go to verse 15. And the evil, okay, now, so before we get there, so all these guys are, all this crowd's watching. These eight men, powerful men, according to the world, they're walking this guy's house. They tell this evil spirit to leave. Okay, so here, this is where we pick up. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. He probably crosses his arms and says, and who are you? Who are you? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. <laughs> who are you? That's what that evil spirit is saying, and that's what that man is saying. You see, here's the thing, guys. Sometimes in the Bible, if you let it come alive, <laughs> it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. It's going to give you a glimpse of reality to what it is today. It is fascinating. 
These false and fake prophets, they think this is some kind of game. They think they could go in there and they could use the name of Jesus. They think this is some kind of freak show. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. You know why the evil spirit saying that? But I'll tell you, because he is terrified of them. Jesus and Paul scare the living hell out of this, this evil spirit. I'll just tell you right now. And he knows right now that these guys have nothing to do with him. He knows they don't have one iota of power from the Holy Spirit of God. He knows. That demon is laughing his you-know-what off. And I won't say it, but you know what it is. The demon, do you really believe you fake preachers are going to come into here to my house without the Holy Spirit of God, and you think you could come in here and you could take me on and the rest of my little demon friends that are in this guy's bodies? That demon's like, come on, Clyde, let's bring it on. Bring it on, Clyde. You're going to come in here and you're going to use Jesus' name? You're going to invoke Jesus' name? You think you're going to use some voodoo magic against me? You think you're going to come over here and use that? You come, you're going to come in here and manufacture a crisis, manufacture some magical nonsense, and you're going to come into here and you're going to use Jesus' name? You really want to do that? You seven, seven sons of Servica? They, in reality, they're over their heads, Jack. They're way over their heads. And do you remember what I told you at the first, at the first of this, uh, this, this sermon when we preached it last week? Do you remember what I said? Without the Holy Spirit of God, Satan will chew you up and he'll spit you out. He'll spit out your family. He'll spit out your children. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, that Satan roams around like a roaring lion waiting for somebody to devour. That's what he does. He will chew you up. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit of God in you, you need to get right. You need to get right. But here's the thing. Why do you think Paul asked the disciples at Ephesus? Remember the first question he asked? Remember the first question he asked? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Remember that first question he asked him. They come around, they're acting, like, they're acting like they're all that. Paul said, did you believe, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came and you believed? Think about it. Reality is this. When the name of Jesus is misused or misappropriated, I'm going to tell you guys, that's a dangerous weapon. And especially, especially, not just for sheep, but for shepherds. This is why, guys, I, I'll tell you, this is why the only thing that I preach now, and I, I've preached some topical sermons before, this is why I just preach expository. Because I cannot misuse the Word of God as your pastor. Because if you, in topics, a lot of times, you get your personal opinion in there. But I have to read God's Word verse by verse, word by word. The Holy Spirit's in charge of preaching. Can I get an amen? That's who's doing the preaching, not Scott. And this is what we got to understand. And uh, so the reality is this. What's fixing to happen to these seven sons is they're going to get taught a lesson. When you dabble in the supernatural, like you want to be all that and dabble in the supernatural and invoke the name of Jesus, it's going to blow up in your face, Jack. Let's go to verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So one guy that they were going to invoke the name of Jesus 
who Paul preaches, and these eight guys come in there. I'm thinking they're all that, probably from the FBI. They're all that cool, and they're limousines outside. you got this whole crowd out there, and this one guy, he beats a living tour out of these eight guys. He rips off their clothes, and he kicks their butts out of that house so fast that he know what happened. They're out there trying to cover themselves up. They're trying to run for cover, and all these people are seeing this. They're bloody bloodies. They got bloody noses. I mean, this, this evil spirit, he is, he is beating on them like you would not believe. That's what's happening. He ripped their $1,000 suits off. He kicked their breath mist down their throat, and they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance. So Satan, he thought he was going to pull a fast one. These fake news preachers that didn't have the Holy Spirit, invoking the name of Jesus, Try to embarrass Paul in front of the crowd. I'm going to tell you what it's going to do, guys. It's going to backfire. Yep, it's going to backfire. For the most part, I'm just going to tell you. For the most part, people aren't stupid. Okay? No matter what the media today and some fake news preachers and a bunch of these fake politicians, they really think that we're stupid. They really do. But we're not. People see through this, and this is what's happening. The people that knew, that were watching this, that were witnessing all this, they knew that these guys were fake. They knew that they didn't, these guys did not have the Holy Spirit of God. They knew that they really didn't preach Jesus. They knew that they did not be, they weren't even close to being like Paul. All these people watching this, they knew. So did the devil. So did the devil. And for the most part, I'm just going to tell you, in, in America today, we're starting to see through this nonsense. Amen? And I think other people are waking up to this, and I think the church is starting to see it. We're starting to see it in the denominations, whether it's the Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Catholic Church. We're starting to see a lot of the fake and false prophet nonsense that's come in and tried to invade our church. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to keep calling them out. But back to the deal. Go to verse 17. This became known to all the Jews and all the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord was magnified. Isn't it amazing that what Satan does to, to, to try to promote evil, God will flip it. He'll flip that blessing. It'll look like it's something bad, and God will turn it upside down to give his glory, to give his glory. This story spread like wildfire. Man, Twitter was blowing up. Facebook was blowing up so much that, that Facebook and Twitter were blocking those people that were talking about this. I'm just making that up. But anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> They're saying, oh, that's really fake. Here, here's something. Cave and I did a podcast the other day, and, and YouTube put up about the Great Reset. <laughs> YouTube put some, some definition from the Wikipedia, didn't they, Caleb? All right. Because they don't want the truth to come out. They don't want the truth to come out. And this is what was happening here. They knew these guys were fake. They weren't real disciples. They knew that they didn't have the power of Jesus. And when they saw what Satan and his demons can do to, with one person, with one person, without Jesus, what an incredible testimony. What an incredible testimony. Think about that. What an incredible testimony. Remember, Paul was casting out demons with the handkerchief. Remember the unusual miracles. Let's go to verse 18. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their, their, their deeds. Came confessing. You know what that is? That's repentance. 
I think we all do a little repenting, starting with the pastor, starting with me. I was talking about that the day in Sunday school. Sometimes when I don't feel like I have the power of the Holy Spirit, it's usually because I have some sin in my life. And I would say that everybody in here needs to repent. We all need to repent. That's why we do Lord's Supper every month here. Okay, it's a time to repent, to get right with God. I'm convinced we never realize what repentance is. What is repentance? It's the key to real lasting change. Now, what I mean by that is, 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 is simply this. According to Scripture, is a change of mind, a change of thinking, a change of way of life. When you get the gospel, when you get the gospel of Jesus, he changes you forever. And I'll just tell you guys, like I said last week, when you have the Holy Spirit of God, if you're not changing, you don't have the Holy Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? All right. Stephen Furtick, he's a mega church pastor. He did a sermon last week. He's got a lot of grief on it. And Caleb and I did a podcast on it yesterday. He said that <laughs> he's, he's had a lot of controversial things, especially about the Holy Trinity, but that's a whole other whole nother story. But he said, he made the statement the other day, that Jesus doesn't change you. It just makes you who you are, who you're supposed to be. I totally disagree with that. That is so theologically dumb that he, he took the tweet down, but he's, he's taken a lot of because he's, but what's scary, guys? There's, there's 26,000 people that go to his church. He has 65,000 people watch him online, and he has 6 million followers on Facebook. When you make out a, a statement like that, okay, it's dangerous. And this is what I'm saying. But we've seen this before, but maybe not to the magnitude that we're seeing it today. But repentance is the key because you're going to get changed. And my whole argument here with Furtick is, is, is a gospel changes you. The Apostle Paul said in, in, in um, Romans 14, 23, that, that what is not in faith is sin. That is the root of sin. Why did Adam and Eve sin? They mistrusted God's goodness. They mistrusted, and that caused them to sin. Therefore, if you have a pattern of sin in your life, it's the devil talking to you. He's looking for a pattern of unbelief, and what do you do by it? You go have a pity party. You say, woe is me. No, you go out there, and you speak the word of God, and you, 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 you confess to God. I want you to go to verse 19. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together, and they burned them in sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. I want you to let that sink in. So they got all this witchcraft, tomfoolery, sorcery stuff, okay? And here's what they're doing. Instead of taking it to the pawn shop and selling it for a lot of money, what they do? They say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to even let anybody else have it. We're going to burn it right here, right now. We're repenting. We're going to get in front of Jesus. We're going to come down to the altar, and we're going to pray to God, and we're going to repent say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. 50,000 pieces of silver, that's probably 2 or $3 million today, isn't it? If you think about it. All right. Think about that. And in closing, magicians, the Bible said magicians got saved. They repented. In Acts 19 and 20, as we go to the last verse, so the word of the Lord grew mightily, and it prevailed. With every head bowed and all eyes closed, 
when we understand that this is not about us, this journey with God is not about us, and we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. As you saw the day, Satan and his demons know this ought to be a wake-up call to, to many of us. Because there's, there's people out there this week that you're going to come in contact that don't have the Holy Spirit. And it's not just a preacher sharing the gospel. It's anybody. All of you are disciples of Jesus. And I'm going to pray. I want you to pray right now. I want you to ask God. We're going to ask God here in a second. Say, God, just give me, the, just give me one opportunity. Just one. Just one opportunity this week just to share the gospel with one person. Just to share the gospel with one person. Why, why is this important? Because you see how the lost is going to take on the Holy Spirit. It may be a family member. It may be a, it may be a friend. It may be a colleague at work. The Holy Spirit is powerful. And when you let him in our lives, change is real. And it's for one reason, to glorify God, period. No one can be righteous. No. Not me, not your pastor, not your parents, not a bunch of high priests with fancy suits and nice breastments, big limousines. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Man will take it, it's small, but it can grow and it can change into a giant, giant tree. And if you let the Holy Spirit nurture it, it's going to become a giant. Father in heaven, we praise and we hallow your name. We thank you. I thank you for everybody here in this church. Father, just know that they're loved. I'm honored to be their shepherd. I love them. I would die for any of them right now. And Father, I just pray. If somebody doesn't know you, that may be watching the service online, we thank you for the views that we get online. Give me a call. It's really easy. I'll pray with you. We're going to admit that you're a sinner. We're going to repent, repent, just like we talked about. Believe that Jesus was indeed the Son of God, and he did, he did die, and he was resurrected. And then we're going to commit to him, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit of God nurture us for the rest of our lives. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand.